welcome to This Week in Brattleboro History, produced by the Brattleboro Historical Society and the Brattleboro Area Middle School. On March 2nd, 1870, the Boston Post reporter Sally Joy visited town and wrote, Brattleboro has had a fire and a flood, and now it has a women's suffrage convention. I saw an old farmer yesterday with the inevitable blue woolen frock and cart whip snugly stowed under his arm, reading one of the posters announcing the meeting. Patiently he waded through it, then turned on his heel and wondered aloud, what in the thunder will come next? In March of 1870, Brattleboro was less than a year removed from a devastating fire that destroyed the west side of Main Street and the flood that roared down Whetstone Brook, killing two people and inflicting over $300,000 worth of damage. The young Boston reporter went on to write that no one was able to tell the old farmer what might happen next, with women pushing for equal rights, but she offered that local women might see it as a biblical coming of the millennium, a time when all wrongs would be put to right and all evils would be cleansed from the earth. Joy was one of the first female staff reporters hired by a Boston newspaper. Miss Joy was reporting on one of the many women's suffrage conventions that were held in Vermont during the early months of 1870. That year, each Vermont county hosted a suffrage convention as a Vermont Constitutional Convention was planned later in the summer, and one of the proposed topics was women's suffrage amendment. The recently formed American Women's Suffrage Association was leading a series of Vermont suffrage conventions in hopes of stirring up support for the Women's Voting Rights Amendment. Women's rights advocates Lucy Stone, Mary Livermore, Julia Ward Howe, William Lloyd Garrison, and Edward Tyler traveled from county to county promoting women's rights and equality during the conventions. Also traveling with a convention from town to town was the Boston Post reporter Sally Joy. She was a native of Brattleboro, and this was her first assignment with the paper. She had moved to the Boston area in 1865 and became involved in the women's suffrage movement. Sarah Elizabeth Sally Joy was born in 1847. Her parents were Samuel and Rhoda Joy. According to her biography in the Encyclopedia of American Journalism, she grew up in a privileged middle-class environment. During her childhood, the family moved a few times. The Joy family began in a house on Main Street, where the post office parking lot is now located, then moved to Walnut Street and eventually to West Brattleboro at the Old Hayes Tavern property. Sarah was able to attend local public schools and graduated from the Greenwood Seminary in 1865. In 1865, Sally's father died, and she moved to the Boston area to live with family friends and to look for a worthwhile job. At first, she tried teaching and then became a librarian. Sally worked at Loring's Circulating Library. The library was a gathering place for New England intellectuals, and Sally met many influential authors and reformers. One of the people she met was Mary Livermore, editor of the Woman's Journal, a woman's rights periodical. Sally had been writing pieces for the Vermont Record and Farmer and the Home Journal. When her boss increased her hours of work at the library without an increase in her salary, Sally wrote to her mother and said she would leave her job as soon as she was able. She wrote, I will not be bullied by any man. Mary Livermore offered Sally a job at the Women's Journal as Livermore's assistant and clerk. Seeing her potential, Livermore and others began pressuring the Boston press to hire Sally as a reporter. In early 1870, the American Woman Suffrage Association, which Mary Livermore led, was planning a series of conventions in Vermont. Sally wrote her mother, I wish one of the city papers would give me a chance at Vermont. I know I'd write a good report for them. Sally Joe was hired by the Boston Post to cover the Vermont suffrage conventions. The Post then hired her as a full-time staff reporter and sent her to cover suffrage conventions throughout New England. 
and in the mid-Atlantic states. Meanwhile, the attempt to pass an amendment to the Vermont Constitution, which would allow women to vote, failed by a count of 231 against and one in favor. Joy's career was a living example of the incremental societal change that occurred between 1870 and the eventual passage of women's voting rights in 1920. Sally Joy became a Boston newspaper staff reporter at a time when reporting in that city was a completely male profession. She suffered comments in competing newspapers about her looks, her personality, and her writing style. However, she would not be bullied, and publications began to acknowledge her skills. One article written about her said, Miss Joy has one qualification necessary to work upon a daily paper. She is quick, she writes rapidly, her thoughts flow freely, and her pen keeps up the pace. Joy's reporting expanded from women's rights issues to the struggles of the poor in Boston's North End. While she was receiving daily assignments from the Boston Post, she also supplemented her income by writing for publications like the New York World and the Women's Journal. In 1874, Sally married Henry White, a singer and musician, and left her position at the Boston Post. Unfortunately, Henry White's musical career proved to be on the decline. In less than a year, Sally began writing again for various publications. During these years, Sally kept in touch with her Brattleboro childhood friends and came back to visit her classmates from Glenwood Seminary. In 1877, the Vermont Phoenix reported that Sally Joy White was a guest of Abby Fuller at Pine Heights. Meanwhile, Henry traveled more and more to look for work, and eventually, in 1879, the couple separated after the birth of their second daughter. Sally's widowed mother moved to Massachusetts to keep house and care for the two small daughters, and Sally went back to work full-time. She worked for the Boston Advertiser for 10 years, and then, in 1885, she joined the Boston Herald. She worked for the Boston Herald for the next 21 years. During these years, she became a leader in the effort of New England women to gain equal status in the workplace. She was the founder and president of the New England Women's Press Association. She founded an organization called the Daughters of Vermont, which existed to support Vermont women who had moved to the Boston area for work. Members networked with one another and supported each other in the male-dominated working world of Boston. Sally also served as secretary of the local chapter of the American Women Suffrage Association. Another interest of Sally's was the women's club movement. She joined the New England Women's Club and became a leader in the organization. A goal of women's clubs across the country was to change public policy. Sally became a reform advocate for education, child labor, and women's rights at home and in the workplace. Women could not vote, so women's clubs were organized to give a collective voice for issues that were important to them. Sally became an officer in the National Women's Club movement and attended conferences internationally as well. During the 1880s and 1890s, Sally traveled around the country to give talks at newspaper conventions, suffrage meetings, and women's club conventions. She also began writing books during that time. Her first book focused on women's work in the home, her second one on the importance of education for young women, and her third book highlighted women's growing opportunities in the changing workplace of modern society. Sally Joy White continued to work as a newspaper reporter and columnist until her death in 1909. She paved the way for female journalists and throughout New England. She understood the fight for women's equality would be fought in the halls of government and the material offices of the workplace. Sally also recognized the power of women working together to gain influence in a male-dominated society. She was an organizer, spokesperson, and pragmatic leader in the fight for women's rights. Through it all, she raised her daughters, looked after her mother, and held a full-time job while serving as a role model for other women who wanted more opportunity in their lives. Much of the information for this recording was found in a paper titled, Pioneering for Women Journalists, Sally Joy White, 1870-1909, to 1909, 
written by Dr. Elizabeth Burt from the University of Hartford. Please join us next week for another story from our community's past.